we're all looking at each other right now. Dr. Carroll is saying with his eyes, Nathan, welcome everyone to this 39th episode of You'll Die Trying. I was thinking I'm hungry. <laughs> I was thinking how I like how you introduce it, but I'm surprised that I've remembered the episode count. Episode 39, this is it. You're here, we're here, we're in it together. This is You'll Die Trying. I am Jonathan Carroll. And I am Nathan Morris, and you have entered the hot zone. That's already taken, isn't it? I've never heard that before. Oh, okay. I thought it was the no... <gasps> Cue jingle. You know this already, Dr. Carroll, but for those of you who are listening and don't know this, we just hired an executive assistant for Morris Family Homes. Yes. Really excited about it. The reason I'm bringing that up is we're creating this position for this individual to excel. And one of their questions that they had or actually statements was that they would like to actually make something a career. And what we've always prided ourselves on is the fact that there is no ceiling here. And uh, Christine, for instance, who's been here with us for over a year now, believe it or not, started as an executive assistant and yeah. now is a level to funeral director. And that's pretty awesome. I also wanted to say this because you remember that book I've been talking about how I've been reading for like 17 years, the scaling up book. And I said, I was on, <laughs> I am actually in it. I mean, it's on my desk highlighted now. If you see the highlighter, see exhibit a. Yeah. I'm in the it's people. It's so side. dark in here. I, truthfully, not, I can't see anything. We literally have not, no, very little light. It, it, you are what just... What are you, exposing film? It's not that dark Good in here. Goodness. It is not that dark in here. But is my, this an x-ray lab? No. <laughs> yes, I'm a radiologist. <laughs> no, I was just making the point was... I don't even know what the point... Oh, the point I was trying to make was this book, Scaling Up, talks about how you are in uh, every business as they scale quickly get into what are called the valleys of death. I think it's like an escape room or something you're building in here. This is not here. an escape room. It, ladies and gentlemen, I you need to take a picture of this. This is not a dark room. It, it, the picture isn't going to do it justice because it's going to need a flash. <laughs> and so not. it's going to look appropriately well-lighted as all it exposures need to be to become actually a photograph. I don't know. I don't agree. I mean, what do you want me to do? Paint rainbows and unicorns on the wall and make it better? You well, probably would like that. I, I, th I think a lamp. Could be There's good. a okay, okay. You got a good point. Fine, I'll put a ramp, lamp over. A here. haunted house is another option for this <laughs> room. Back to my point. Uh, there's this thing called the Valley of Death. Businesses who are scaling quickly and efficiently will get into what are called valleys of death, and a lot of businesses will retract. Valley it's like the room where you get a glaucoma test. Oh my gosh, we're still on that. If they if they <laughs> dilate your pupils. This is the room where you need this to be This is in. not the room. This is the room that you go in before they give you the really stupid, ugly sunglasses to go back out. I never, so. I never wear those. What'd you do? Just walk through your eyes shut and have Joy lead you? Uh, frankly, I say I'd like to have my eyes dilated another day because I can't do it right now because <laughs> of my schedule. They asked me one time, if I, are you driving? No. <laughs> then I drove. <laughs> you drove yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, ah. You was, know where you needed to be driving? It was, this room. It was really scary. 
my point to circle back and finalize is that we have scaled up quickly. We've exceeded uh, the number of employees and we have been affected with phone systems and having to upgrade our phone system so everyone can be in communication. And this is what scaling up consists of now. The executive assistant who can essentially be the motherboard operator, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, where everybody can come to. It seems like you're making hand motions, but I, I can't quite make them out. Because <laughs> you're so dark. How many fingers am I holding up? I have no idea. <laughs> what, That's my point. It's like a movie theater. It is not a movie theater. <sighs> Anyway, that's my point. If well, you could I'd put- like to extend to you a congratulations on getting the executive assistant. And I have a, a short list of things that I would ask maybe that this person can help us accomplish. And okay, go ahead. Number one is to get some lighting in this room. <laughs> Jeez, Sophie. So this will be the executive assistant's first task is to listen to this episode so they can make note. Okay. That's okay. good. All right. That's interesting. This I is- don't know that that would benefit uh, a lot of other people who may be listening, though. We might... We yeah. might need to just make a list and have a, a private conversation with that. That's with that probably person. a lot better. Who yeah, has we'll been notified and, and who? Yeah, has yeah, yeah. They do the know. Position. They yeah. do know that they've they've ex- they've well they've accepted, so they yeah. know. Like a tomb almost. <laughs> this is like uh, this is like the catacombs. <laughs> so uh, Nathan, you had said earlier that you would like to guide us into uh, into our conversation for number thirty nine. Take it away. <sighs> I did, but it just was short lived. I'm reading Michelle Obama's book called Becoming. Okay. How is that? It was a gift uh, for Christmas okay. from my family. Uh, and I'm, I'm early in background bio- biographical information. Um, but I, I presume that she wrote it herself. There's no notice of a, uh, of a ghostwriter or a co-writer. Uh, and, and if that's the case, whoever wrote it, I think Michelle Obama wrote it. It's really excellent prose. And uh, it is an... It is a really beautiful, very candid look into the life of someone who lived uh, an average American upbringing with a superior, way above average intellect. Not something she says, something that is obvious in how she writes and what she ends up doing. Not as first lady, but student of Princeton, student of Harvard, um, an earth mover in her own right. Uh, who happens to, of course, uh, fall in love with someone who is destined to become uh, the 44th president of the United States of America. Who, by the way, did you know over 2 million photos were taken by the White House photographer of President Obama during his presidency? Yeah, 2 million photos is, that's that's almost as many photos as as Joy has on her cell phone right now. <laughs> so that's that's a lot of photos. That's fun. That's so fun. Yeah, that's really neat to learn those kinds of things. So yeah, I, I think it'd be it's, good to read that that's book. That's a wonderful book. I think the uh, photographer for the White House was named Pete Souza when Ob- Obama was there. Um, the chief official White House photographer is what they call him, I believe. And uh, he's published a book, if I remember correctly, of images uh, relating an intimate kind of intimate portrait of uh, of uh, Barack Obama. That's what you're going to do. You're going to become a chief White House photographer. Yeah, that is. Because you love photographs now, and you photography and lighting, and you're going to leave this. You know, I've always loved photographs. And whenever I go into an art museum, like I love paintings. That's mm-hmm. They're beautiful. And we have some, I mean, Joy has exquisite taste. We have some beautiful pieces. 
but honestly, if I were to choose, it's it's a photograph that I really, I mean, because probably because I'm a little dense and I'm not exactly great at visualizing maybe an artist's intent in a piece, even if it's a portrait. Uh, some people can paint portraits that look like photographs, um, but I love photographs. I don't know what the intent of the artist was showing this girl and her mother in the boat. This is weird. It's called self-portrait. That's I don't understand the point. What what's what's he going for? <laughs> just drink water. <coughs> Nathan's just aspirated his water. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I did. Do you have a favorite podcast that you listen to that's yeah. not the one you mentioned earlier? Oh, there was a curveball. Did you see that dip right at the end over the plate? So I can't say sword and scale. I think you've talked about that I've one. I've talked about that one. Mm-hmm. You know, no. I I'm really okay. Can I t- can I just Use a lifeline and talk about sword and scale a little bit. You're going to call your family and ask them about it? No, no, no. I just, well, my lifeline is just asking for permission to actually talk about it. Okay. It's dark. It is dark. Darker than this room. That's absolutely impossible. It's not for the faint of heart, like I said in a previous podcast. And it is just a gruesome reminder that this world is filled with, you know, some sad stuff. Yeah. Uh, so like we said in the previous podcast, talking about things that we are grateful for and appreciate in this moment. So appreciate the safety in which you have in your life and your lifestyles and so forth. That's my answer. I'm still listening to it. There's a ton of, ton of episodes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm subscribed, sub, see, I did it again, subscribe to, uh, Candace Poole and Casey Neistat's Couples Therapy, you know. I'm, Do you like that one? It's a lot of banter. It's a lot of, you know, Casey... Casey kind of just goes all over the place. You know, he's kind of all over. A bit of a little maybe a kind of a ADHD. Yeah, and I mean, that's... that's. I really like his YouTube videos. I wasn't a huge fan of the podcast. Yeah, I do, I do want to shout out to Undertaking the Podcast, you know, Brian Waters and his group of guys that are out in the world of funeral service, like myself. So and, good. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. So definitely check that out. What the podcast are you currently immersing yourself in i like sunday sit down with willie geist he is actually a very good uh interviewer not, yeah, not yeah. i'm not speaking toward the podcast just no, watching him on sunday he is he's 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 very um well i think he's very well prepared which gives him the appearance of being very relaxed and i think when you are prepared and you feel confident you can go into something relaxed like that so i, I think that's uh that's pretty cool there's a podcast um, that I believe was the kind of, well, it's called The Habitat. Um, and in January two years ago, six people went inside a dome at the base of the summit of a volcano in Hawaii. And the and NASA was behind this, and NASA left them there. And for a year, um, this podcast follows six imitation astronauts taking part in an experiment designed to test how real astronauts would would survive in cramped quarters during the long mission to Mars. So it's like a, a laboratory of how astronauts would be after living together such close quarters on their way to Mars. And of course that the 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 result of that was the movie um The Martian. Hmm. Um, but it, that's pretty cool. So I think that's uh, I think that's a, a pretty cool podcast. Let me paint a picture, okay? Focus really hard because you have a hard time of seeing the picture. 
Yeah, I do because <laughs> we're going to rename our podcast. What are we There's already it? one called In the Dark. Okay. Uh, I think we should just call it Blackout. <laughs> Go ahead. Could you imagine? Could you live with me for one year in close proximity and know that, like, at any moment, like, my hand slips because I'm grabbing onto the rail to get past you, you know, and I just float by you and I just so. And you do what as you float by me? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, just. Like rub my bum in your face on accident or something. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So it's not unlike a typical like car ride to one of our locations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minus the weightlessness. Yeah. Uh, well, could with some I, of your driving, it's could pretty... I? Yes, I could. I, I could do that. You would literally have to be like Krav Maga, sit down. But I can't sit. You'd strap me. You'd strap me into something. I think that. I think that is what what you would do. I think I do want to get serious for a moment and ask you, have you ever walked into, and I know the answer, to a place and someone that you, you know, hold in high regard or respect nonetheless, says, do you see that person over there? And then inserts something that would negatively affect your opinion of them. Has that happened? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I hate that. Yeah. It is so unfair. I wish you would stop doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'd like to say I don't do that. No, you don't do that. It's so unfair for that person. And I'm pointing across the room as if there's somebody standing in the corner. I had no idea. <laughs> do, you, do you agree? It's, it's unfair, I think, to try to unjustly shape one's or someone's opinion of another based on your experience alone. And, and a, a proper response would be, you know, to say, I, I, I regret that that was your experience. I have not, I, I can't share that experience. Uh, my, my interactions have always been very professional, very respectful. What if there have not been even any interaction? How do you prevent yourself from being affected by that? I don't know that you can prevent yourself from yeah. being affected. And maybe the goal is to be affected and to respond to that affect well. To acknowledge, I now have a skewed perspective, not based on experience, but based on hearsay, and my responsibility is to do everything I can to achieve what I would call the second naivete. That's what uh, Paul Ricoeur, a French philosopher, calls when you have to kind of debunk all that you know and go into something as if it's for the first time. You have to achieve that second naivete and allow that person and your experience of that person to speak to you more than what you might have heard. People trying to disparage or assassinate the character of other people is, is anxious. It's an ancient form of triangulation. Anytime there's an instability between two people, a third person who is vulnerable to that kind of thing gets brought in. And one or the other of those original two are trying to, to bring that person into their side so that now it's two against one. And the vulnerable person is wisest to remain neutral to both parties, encourage them to work out their differences together, and to prefer neither while remaining connected to both, which immediately lowers the anxiety between the original two and frees that third person from feeling like they have to make a choice to be on one side or the other. That's awesome to hear. So I've been on the receiving end. I've had people say things to me about others. And in my mind, I'm like, dang it, I don't, 
like this person and I don't know them and it's not fair to them. I should give them, I need to be more mindful of the fact and I need to give them the opportunity to prove that person right or wrong. I like that. Triangulation. Yes, interlocking triangles exist wherever there are two uh, people uh, who have an unstable relationship, talking about at an anxiety level. Who's our, tri- who's our third piece to our triangle? Well, there are, there are lots of them, right? <laughs> so, uh, so you and I and any other employee, those create triangles. But then there's that employee, you, and another employee. Then there's that employee, me, and that other employee. Then there's that employee, you, and me. So there are interlocking triangles all over the place. The point isn't to kind of to get out of that. The point isn't to rid ourselves of that. That's how it works. That's how relationships work. The triangle is considered the simplest yet most stable structure, which is why we build bridges out of it. We've talked about this briefly in a previous episode. So rather than try to rid ourselves of these systems, we need to figure out how to function as maturely and responsibly as we can in them. So I'm not to prefer this child over this one. I'm not to prefer this employee over this one. I'm to have a unique one-on-one original relationship with each one. Encourage the two um, battling uh, employees in this context and and scenario to engage with one another maturely and, and patiently to settle their conflicts and to stay in touch with both of them without preferring either of them. This is exactly what happens to children who who uh, they they are one of many siblings, or maybe they're an only child, and the parents have unmanaged anxiety between the two of them, uh, marital conflict, uh, fatigue, exhaustion, numbness, exasperation, a lack of tenderness or love or compassion. One of the children will typically be the person onto whom the couple projects that anxiety. It's called family projection process. So that that unmanaged conflict between the couple, which they refuse to talk about and refuse to, to resolve, filters down to that child. Typically, it's an oldest child, not always. When you're the only child, you're the only recipient. And that child will oftentimes become problematic. That child becomes the identified patient. Maybe they become symptomatic. Uh, poor grades, bad behavior, maybe becoming a bully or susceptible to bullying or maybe even physical symptoms might. And so that becomes something that the parents can focus on rather than focus on the, the emotional process between the two of them. So children who aren't behaving well oftentimes are symptomatic of a relationship problem somewhere else in the system. Wow. And it's, it's, it, that's part of what I do in family therapy and couples therapy and individual therapy is to help people identify those systems, those processes, and their functioning in them and to improve their function. All it takes is one person, one key player improving their functioning uh, somehow, theoretically, and it works, affects the functioning of every other relationship that they're in. All it takes is one. So family therapy, that's great. All you need is one person. Neutralize the threat, right? <laughs> Neutralize just... Neutral. Be, Be neutral. neutral. Prefer Always. neither, but stay connected. That's the key. Gosh, that's awesome. Gotta stay connected. Yeah. And so, and actually, for starters, just simply, well, just don't be that person to th- fling and sling dirt about somebody to someone else that yeah. may or may not know any better. Right. That's my thought. It, it's, yeah. Let's, you know, let's put the, put the, the hatchet away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have certainly. Bury the people, old hatchet. Yeah. I have people who have intentionally tried to derail me um, for for various reasons, none of which do I think is is uh, rational or even justifiable at all. It doesn't matter. 
I don't take it personally. I recognize it as a function of emotional processes, either between us or within their relationships with other people. And I try to, uh, to not give a whole lot of thought to that. And I certainly don't want to talk about other people. Now, if someone comes up to me and says, have you ever had experiences with this person? I will say, you know, to what extent do you need for me to be forthcoming and candid about that? You know, if it's a job interview or something, I'm going to be honest. Uh, if it's socially, it depends. If you know, if that, if I think that person is dangerous or has been abusive or uh, or has manipulated uh, and and abused power before, uh, I might acknowledge that it, it, you know, there's there's a tendency there towards some dysfunction. Uh, but but I can't speak to the person's heart because I've never been in it. Yeah. Can I like do a 180 real quick? Yeah. I'm not spinning my chair. I'm just asking. I, yeah. Okay. I, do you think that my new burgundy suit will be look good? No. <laughs> you really don't, do you? No. Why? Because it reminds you of Anchorman? I've never seen that movie. That's a truth. Why will you not like it? Do you just not like the thought of? Personally, I'm not a fan of maroon and burgundy. It is the color of my parents' 1984 Pontiac Bonneville. Those were awesome. And uh, I'm going to Google that. The interior was that kind of velour, also burgundy. Uh, and, you know, I understand why you would like it because it's dark. But no, I'm not a fan. You shatter my dreams. <laughs> Do I think you can pull it off? No. <laughs> Did you say 1984? Yeah. Pontiac Bonneville. I'm going to look it up. Ask me. It was a four-door sedan. It had these little plastic uh, lights on the back. It had kind of like a, a faux leather, like a vinyl back piece that made it look like it could have been a convertible, but it wasn't. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. This is good stuff, Dr. Carroll. Is, so, this, is, this your, is this your whip? Yeah, it wasn't that large sedan. It was kind of the mid-sized family sedan. Yeah, it didn't one have is, that long This trunk. one literally looks like a, a barge. A barge. Yeah, it, that looks like a gangster vehicle from the early 80s. That was it. That's exactly it right there. <sighs> Nathan has awesome. shown a picture of the 1984 Pontiac Bonneville. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, no. Well, on this 39th episode of uh, You'll Die Trying, we hope that, I hope, I can't speak for you, but I would think that it's your same hope, that you will uh, allow people to form their own opinions, stay neutral, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, be neutral. Be and, neutral. Uh, stay connected to the people in your life and don't give a lot of credence to uh, to people who may ruminate or gossip or complain. It just, it breaks communities. Uh, we need to get out of what one author says the is the squirrel cage of being me into the landscape of being us. I like that. The goal is, should be, when you lay your head on your pillow at night, before you shut your eyes, you can do so comfortably knowing that you did the best that you possibly could today. That's all we can do. The rest is just details. I appreciate you, Dr. Carroll, very much. I appreciate you too. Thank you. We do not take you for granted. This is number 39, You'll Die Trying. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nathan. Thanks for listening.